0: Paul Levinson, and this is Light On, Light Through, episode 25 Free Josh Wolf. Now, we've had some pretty comical episodes of Light On, Light Through, a lot of episodes about television shows. We're certainly going to continue to be doing that in the future. We've also had a few more serious episodes. Well, this episode of Light On, Light Through is about as serious as it gets. It's about a 24-year-old blogger, videographer, by the name of Josh Wolfe, who has been in prison in California for more than six months. His crime? He refuses to turn over his videotape of a violent demonstration in San Francisco. A cop was hit in the head with a pipe during the demonstration. His skull was fractured. That's pretty serious. And a grand jury is looking into criminal charges. Now, if this sounds familiar, you may recall that New York Times reporter Judith Miller spent months in prison for another serious matter her refusal to reveal her sources to Federal Prosecutor Fitzgerald in his investigation of the Valerie Plame incident. Now, I was as glad as anyone to see the Bush administration held accountable for its crimes, but I staunchly supported Judith Miller's right not to reveal her sources. She, in fact, quoted me in her testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee after her release. You can find the link to that on the lightonlightthrough.com show notes for this episode. I supported Judith Miller, and I support Wolf for the same crucial reason. When reporters gather information via interview or videotape or a tin can held to a door for all I care. They are working on our, the American people's, behalves. Journalists cannot function if their sources are constantly in fear of being outed at a subsequent trial. Now, it's true that in the case of Josh Wolfe, he's not really protecting his sources, he's protecting his source material. He's protecting his videotapes. That's what he is refusing to turn over to the grand jury investigating the violence at that demonstration. But surely his source material is crucial and part of his work as a video blogger, as a journalist. Think about someone like Haskell Wexler, who made the wonderful movie Medium Cool several decades ago. Think of Ken Burns, who has made a series of extremely important documentaries on social issues. Tune into PBS just about any evening and you'll see hard hitting documentaries. These are certainly forms of journalism. You know, one of the things I came across years ago was the foolishness of the Supreme Court of the United States. That's actually a pretty easy thing to come across. But this particular case goes back to 1915. It was a case involving the Mutual Film Company versus the state of Ohio. And back then in 1915, the Supreme Court, in its brilliant jurisprudence, decided that the Mutual Film Company wasn't really in any kind of activity that deserved to be protected by the First Amendment. Because back then, the Supreme Court didn't get it. They didn't get that film certainly could be a very serious medium for the presentation of news and documentaries, precisely the types of things that should be protected by the First Amendment. So people who say that what Josh Wolfe is doing should not be protected by the First Amendment, well, they're way back in 1915. Fortunately for our society, the Supreme Court, within a few years, although actually it took them actually a few decades, it wasn't really until the late 1940s and 1950s, but finally the Supreme Court did come around and recognize film as a bona fide journalistic medium. And that's clearly what Josh Wolf is doing. Now... Much has also been made of the fact that Josh Wolf is not working for any particular news organization. He is not affiliated with CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. He's not a reporter for the New York Times or Newsweek or Time Magazine. Well, so what? Does that mean that Josh Wolf? Was not serving our, the public's, interest in covering events like the anarchist demonstration in San Francisco and reporting those events to us? Is not our democracy best served by a maximum of information from the greatest possible number of sources? Are we so satisfied with our professional media that we have no problem with non-professional journalists being vulnerable to government brutality? And make no mistake about it, that's exactly what being thrown in jail for this kind of quote crime unquote is. Pure and simple. Brutality. It's a case of the government holding someone hostage until he or she exceeds to the government's demands now it is true that if you look at the language of the first amendment there's nothing in there per se or explicitly about a shield law and many people who do not support shield laws are quick to point that out It's funny, I wish these people would then be a little more judicious about supporting what the First Amendment does say, which is, Congress shall make no law about freedom of speech or the press. When it comes to that, many of these same people are silent. But, even acknowledging that the First Amendment has no specific shield law language, clearly, It makes sense to support our journalists in their pursuit of getting us the news and the truth. And it doesn't take much sense to realize that how could a journalist do any significant work if the sources and the source material of the journalist were vulnerable to judicial scrutiny. We now live in an age of cell phones. We live in an age of YouTube. I did actually a, a podcast on Light On Light Through, every eye a camera, every ear a mic, a few months ago about this issue. What this means is that anyone and everyone can become a reporter. Some government officials are saying this is especially why we must be extra careful not to grant journalistic protections to people who do not deserve them. I say we should be grateful that we live in such an age, in an age in which we do have people like Josh Wolfe who go out and cover news events that we might not otherwise find out about. And we should do all in our power to protect and encourage the citizen journalists among us, not throw them in prison like a common criminal deprived of their basic rights. Why? Because he is refusing to cooperate with a grand jury? Okay. Why doesn't the grand jury find another way of getting its information? Why are federal prosecutors and grand juries always trying for the easy way out? subpoena someone's videotapes, compel them to talk, when that person is clearly not a criminal, him or herself, but just a journalist trying to do that kind of work. Incidentally, regarding this case in California, California does have a shield law, which probably would have protected Josh Wolf's right not to turn over his videotapes. I say probably because the case never went to court in the state of California. Some clever person operating behind the scenes, some lawyer, figured out a way of getting this put into the federal court system where we do not currently have a shield law. So congratulations, you, whoever it was who did this. You got a 24-year-old journalist thrown in jail for doing his job. Because you were too lazy or incompetent to get whatever evidence you needed to get this case tried. You know, given what has happened in the past few years, an unconstitutional war waged on the basis of false information, now more than ever we need journalists, whoever they may be, credentialed or otherwise, to bring us the news. Incidentally, I'll be on KNX radio, 1070 radio, tomorrow morning. I'm recording this on Saturday. So tomorrow, Sunday morning, I'll be interviewed by Todd Lights in my weekly interview. That will be at 720 a.m. California time, 1020 New York time, Daylight Savings time. So, if you have a chance, by all means, tune in. That streams live at www.knx1070.com. More and more people are beginning to write and blog and talk about Josh Wolfe. I predict that pretty soon he will be let out of prison. His case is now in mediation. But we, as Americans, have to work to make sure this never happens again. We have to work to make sure that Josh Wolf gets out of prison and then we ought to finally make sure our Congress passes a federal shield law so that journalists of all stripes and persuasions can do their work for us.
1: The light on light through podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no e's dot com.
0: Hey, if you want to make an impact online, check out GoDaddy.com. It has .com names for as low as $1.99, plus they have world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. And if you mention the special code POD4, that's POD4, you'll get 10% off your web hosting. Or... BLU4 that's blue4 gives you 10% off everything else you may buy at godaddy.com/ Slash. And this brings us to our Flashes section. First, did you hear the state of Connecticut is trying to pass a law that would hold MySpace liable if anyone under 18 years old got online, that has got onto the MySpace system. The idea in Connecticut is that anyone under 18 would have to produce some kind of formal documentation, like a driver's license, proving that they were 18 or over. And if they were under 18, then their parents would be contacted. And only if their parents gave permission would the person under 18 be allowed to get a MySpace account. Well, listen, I'm all in favor of protecting our children. But once again, the government is taking the easy, lazy way out thinking that by passing some kind of new law, they'll be able to regulate this kind of social behavior. You know, kids have been buying forged driver's licenses for years. They give them to slightly older friends, or they go in themselves into alcohol, liquor, wine stores, and basically buy those things. And there's no way that requiring this kind of thing will stop kids who are under 18 from getting online if that's what they want. You know what will stop them, or what will at least have a beneficial impact? Parental supervision. There's nothing like a parent keeping an eye on his or her child to control some of the worst things that are going on out there in the world and making sure that those things don't hurt their children. Parents should never make the mistake of depending upon the government for that, and the government would do a lot better to stop trying to pass laws and regulations and trying to hold MySpace responsible, laws which will never work and instead try to do what they can to encourage parents to do their job. Over on Wikipedia, you may have heard that someone was pretending to be a professor of theology. In fact, it was a 24-year-old college dropout who not only was an editor on Wikipedia, but had risen to the position of administrator, meaning that he actually helped adjudicate and mediate disputes among Wikipedian editors. And this person now has been stripped of his privileges. But, you know, that doesn't make sense. The whole ideal of Wikipedia is that people should be able to add material, edit material, regardless of who they are. That's the whole point of Wikipedia, that it's not something that relies on experts, but in fact relies on the collective intelligence of the human species. So why throw this person out of his job? Look, it's certainly wrong that he lied. I'm not going to defend someone who's pretending to be something he is not. But it also goes contrary to what I thought was the fundamental operating principle of Wikipedia. To wit, it doesn't matter who you are, it matters what you write. So I hope Wikipedia doesn't lose sight of that. And last in the flashes, hey, you know what? We're now about to embark on Daylight Savings Time. Yay, I'm happy. And those of you who've been listening to Light On Light Through since its inception back in October may remember the very popular episode I had, how upset I was when we were actually losing another hour of time back in the fall when we set our clocks back in the fall and basically deprived ourselves of a commodity that was becoming increasingly short in supply, that is, daylight during the winter. Well, I'm glad to see now that we are moving our clocks ahead, we're springing forward much earlier than ever before. I don't know if the farmers had anything to do with this. I'm not going to get into that again. But all I can say is, great. As of tomorrow, Sunday, it'll be light outside past 6 p.m. And as far as I'm concerned, that's good news. Promo. Hey, and that brings us to our Promo Suite. First and foremost, you're going to hear a promo for the fabulous MikeThinks.com show. Mike thinks has an especially good show that he put up just yesterday on Friday. In fact, he covers some of the same issues that I talked about briefly in my flashes, but Mike does it with much more style and aplomb, as always. Uh, so you ought to tune into to Mike Thinks, see what he thinks about the Wikipedia false professor. And Mike thinks also has a few words about Daylight Savings Time. Now you'll also hear another promo for The Silk Code, which is continuing its fabulous run over on patiobooks.com. Sean Farrell doing the great reading of my novel, my very first novel, in fact, that won the Locus Award for Best First Science Fiction Novel of 1999. And you can hear Sean Farrell's patio book of that over on patiobooks.com. And by the way, each chapter... ...is introduced by another famous person in science fiction... ...ranging from my good friend Rob Sawyer... ...who will be a guest on this show, Light On Light Through in a couple of weeks... ...to Daniel Keyes, the author of Flowers for Algernon... ...all kinds of exciting things. And you'll also hear a promo coming up for the Punk Horror Podcast. You may have heard promos for that over the last few shows... But from now on, the Punk Horror Podcast will be one of our permanent promos on Light On, Light Through. I also want to thank once again Patsy Terrell for doing that wonderful Light On, Light Through Blueberry promo. Thank you, Patsy. And everyone, make sure you listen to her Art of Gracious Living.com podcast listen it's been a pleasure talking to you do what you can if you agree with what i said to help free josh wolf i'll look forward to talking to you next week in the meantime sit back relax and enjoy
1: the mike thinks podcast www.mikethinks.com news and current events with an opinion the mike thinks podcast it's the news you missed www.mikethinks.com from patiobooks.com the day started just like any other day always does Until I watched one of my closest friends die, right in my arms. Nothing I could do. But his death was a beginning, not an end. And now I've been thrust into a timeless conflict of pyromaniac insects and instant mummification, a war within our very genetic makeup. And when the powers of the ancient world collide with modern technology, no one is safe. Not me certainly not you. I'm Dr. Phil DeMotto, NYPD Forensics, and the only way to save myself is to solve the mystery of... The Silk Code. The Lotus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the Ancient World Witness the wonder of ages past. and Join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Join the battle. Witness the wonder. Or forever be victim to the awe and power of The Silk Code. Phil D'Amato is ready. Are you? Did you walk out of the Matrix and wonder if you're a battery in a jar? Did you walk out of Daredevil and wonder, what is it like to be a bat? Do you and your friends stay up at night debating good and evil in the Star Wars universe? Does the question of life, the universe, and everything intrigue you? Then open your mind and tune into The Sci-Fi Show. TheSciFishow.com And that's Fi with a pH. Do you remember what he looked like? Hey,
0: this is Jake. I do a show called Just Not Right, the podcast. You can find it at notrightpodcast.com. It's funny, fresh, entertaining. I mean, sometimes I'll just take the mic and say, hey, oh my, you look nice. You are wonderful. Thank you for listening. You are the best. Check it out.
1: There's a segment called Letters from a Utah Nut. It's hilarious. I know you'll love it. I'm writing this letter in regards to your giant D sign located in front of your store. I want to climb it. Please do not climb the sign. Would it be alright if everyone from our company just started singing? Although we enjoy our customers' enthusiasm for our product, it is strange and unusual for large parties to join in chorus in our lobby.
0: Is it okay for me to be using Windex as a cologne?
1: All SC Johnson products are extensively evaluated for toxicity and safety. (laughs) Hilarious! Do you remember 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 what he looked
0: like? NotRightPodcast.com See you there.
1: Punk Horror Podcast Coming to you every other week from Punk Horror Press ...featuring The Punk and the Pastor... ...a movie review show featuring David Arianas and Stacy Campbell... ...and author Red Fiction... ...featuring the best in horror and punk fiction. Don't miss it. Subscribe now at www.pumphore.com. the a world full of hopelessness and despair... Only two guys had the power to deliver the world from certain destruction. Nathan and Carlos are Podcast Pendulum. Watch it all unfold at podcastpendulum.podomatic.com.